Hello Charlie Charlie One, this is Granite Zero. Good afternoon troops. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, let's get straight into it, shall we? Basically what I've done today is uh, I've been pissing about in the shed. I basically turned it into my own little man cave where I can go and, you know, sit down and talk to myself and talk to uh, all the listeners that are taking their time and their effort to come out and uh, listen to what I've got to say, which has been, you know, I've had nothing but decent feedback from from everybody that's listened to it. You know, I'm still getting a few pointless tips, you know, how to structure, that sort of thing. But it's been such a journey already and it's only I'm only three episodes in this is like the third episode and I'm still getting you know people saying ah oh, really enjoyed your your podcast I enjoyed sitting there listening to it had some people saying it was quite deep um, they didn't realize what what was going on with me that sort of thing you know um, What's been really good today is uh, getting into the shed and I found my um, my uh, box of basically my little trinkets, the things I kept from uh, from the military. I've got like some uh, my belt buckles, the uh, dog tags. I've even got an aid memoir, which is, you know, tells you all your skills and drills. And I've also got um, my journals, you know, and uh, just, a little um, excerpt from it, you know. Uh, let me just get it out for you. The first thing that hits you when you step off the plane is the heat. It's like a warm blanket wrapped around your face. The dust in the air clinging to your fresh, unpackaged uniform. The dust surrounds you while you're standing there like a fresh new recruit waiting for orders. And no one wants to speak. You're in a war zone. What next? 21 years old and in desert camis, scared for your life. Most think that you're just in the Air Force. You're not a frontline paratrooper marine. Just a regiment gunner with a reputation that most take to heart and think, these lot, they're not infantry. They're just a shower of shite. Most regiment Gunners don't like to talk a lot of shit and are happy with the skills and drills that they have acquired over a long, vigorous training. I've always been proud of my achievements and of my regiment, knowing that what we do is hard and well executed. Feel free to mock me and curse me, but know that I'm always proud to be an RAF regiment gunner. And you know what? That That's... The type of thoughts and feelings that I have quite a lot of the time. You know, we get a lot of shit. And I think I said it in episode one. Uh, we get a lot of shit. A lot. You know, you go on to these websites, um, like on Facebook, you've got Fill Your Boots, and every other meme, mem, whatever you want to call it, is a piss take on the RAF regiment. Uh, people saying that, oh, are they out to protect the naffy? Are they out doing this? Fuck off, mate. You ain't got a Scooby-Doo what we do. And what we do is a brilliant fucking job. We're highly trained and underused, in my opinion. And we always have been. But I've always been proud, you know. Proud to wear the cat badge. Proud to wear the mud guards on my shoulder. And I'm proud to tell anyone that I speak to that I served. With the RAF regiment. I love it. You know. And I come from a... Um, a, a line of Thompsons that have that have served, you know, my great granddad, uh, sorry, my granddad served in the uh, in the Air Force during World War Two. Uh, he worked on Spitfires and did a, a few other jobs. Uh, got to the the rank of warrant officer. Got some uh, decent medals. Um, and again, he was another man that was proud to wear the uniform. Uh, he was even stationed in the same station as me, RF Honington, uh, back in the day. That's where he met me, Nan. Um, and then, then we come to 
the man who I would probably say is my hero, you know, the man that I've looked up to and a lot of people look at me and go, fucking hell, you're just like your dad. You're the same, you know, and it's not just because I, all I can grow is a tash. Because all right, I'm trying to grow a beard. But yeah, me and my dad are very similar. And he's a man that I've looked up to and uh, will always look up to. He's, he's a hero to me. He's like Superman. And my dad served, uh, he did 22 years and he was a P PTI and a PJI. Uh, personal training instructor followed by uh, parachute jump instructor and by all accounts was one of the best jump instructors in the country during his service um, to the extent where he went to the mighty 2-2 SAS to help them train with their jumps and watching him when I was a kid uh, hearing his stories now He's still up there with one of the greatest men I know. I know um, he wasn't there a lot with my mum. Um, you know, he was always off uh, doing parachute jumping shows, doing this, doing that, stationed out in Germany, what have you. Um, but he's always, you know, the stories he tells, you know, he's either got a pint in his hand and a story coming out of his mouth. He's a brilliant man, and he's the man that really inspired me to want to join the military. I know I said in episode two that um, this solely isn't going to be a military podcast. It's not going to be a solely uh, PTSD podcast. But uh, today, uh, clearing out the shed, seeing all that, um, all the trinkets, memorabilia, that sort of stuff that I've got, has brought back a lot of memories, and I thought I had to get my words out you know otherwise I'll just be sat there waiting and waiting and waiting but yeah my dad was the one that inspired me to to join and uh, you know it wasn't easy for me you know I was 20 years old when I went um, on the train from Hereford to Bury St Edmunds to start basic training and I'm telling you now, the first four weeks, fuck me. I was like, I can't do this. I can't have this guy shouting in my face because my boots aren't clean. Or the fact of the matter, I had my boots thrown at me because I polished them. You know, it's like, what am I doing here? What am I fucking doing? I had many chats with some close friends of mine uh, that were serving with me at the time. Uh, Nick Anders being one of them, Ginge, my best friend, you know. Uh, I had conversations with my brother telling him that I wanted to go home. He was like, nah, man, stick it out. You've got to stick it out. And then the one person that really got to me, he was my dad. He was like, we all have these moments where you think you're weak and you can't do it. He was like, you're coming up to four weeks it's the first time you've been away from home. You're homesick, we get it. He went, but you've got family's day coming up. We're gonna come up and see you. You're gonna come home for the weekend and you're gonna have this, you know, burst of life back into you. And he was completely right. I stuck it out and before I knew it, he was coming up to my passing out parade, you know, and I've never seen my dad so proud. Not only because I was passing out into the Air Force, something that his dad did, he did, and now I've done the third generation Thompson to do it. You know, it was more than that. You know, he was beaming with pride, and seeing my dad seeing me in the uniform was, you know, something else. Crazy to think, you know, that. I almost gave up the job that I wanted to do for since I was fucking three years old. What do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be in the Air Force like my dad, you know? And that's what, that's what I did. And to this day, right, you're part of something. You're part of something bigger, you know? It's a sense of pride, a sense of passion. 
You know, you don't realise it. You don't. In your head, you're like, oh, I've got to go in. I've got to go on exercise now. But soon, soon as you you come out and you're working with normal civilians that don't understand, it's like, where? Why did I leave that pride behind? Where where's it gone? You know, that sense when you put the uniform on, you don't feel it when when you're in at the time, but as soon as you leave, you're like, wow, you know? The, the pride that I have, the fact that I serve my country, is beyond anything, beyond anything. And, you know, some days now I think, oh, what if I just stayed in, you know? What if I just did one more tour? What if I didn't quit? What would I be doing now, you know? And it's not that I, I doubt anything I did because I did things for a reason and family was a big thing. You know, that's why I left, was family. Family come first, you know? But having that sense of pride, sense of accomplishment, you know, in the living room now, I've got my medals up, pride in place. And you walk past me like, I did that. I did something that not many people have done, you know. I put my life on the line and let's not think and uh, make too many bones about it. That's what I did. And that's what my brothers and sisters did in the Army, Navy, Marines, Air Force. They went out so that you could live your life at home and fought enemies, foreign and domestic. That's what we did. You know, there's not many people that would go, right, I'm doing that so that you can be safe. And when you're in the infantry, and yes, the RAF regiment is infantry, before those people who try and give me a bit of banter back about it. When you're in the infantry, that's your mindset is, I'm going out there and I'm going to take the fight to the enemy. Yes, the regiment is more defensive. We make sure that the uh, air bases are safe and the air force assets are safe, as well as the camp personnel, you know. But that's your mindset. I'm going to go and make these people that I've never met safe. You know, the people at home that I've never met, but I'd go out and fight to keep you guys safe at home. And that's a, that's a tough thing to um, put on the shoulders of a 20, 21 year old, some younger. You know, a very close friend of mine, uh, Liam Burrows, who is, by the way, has given me some fucking terrific feedback. You know, he's opened up to me about his struggles. Man, the man was 18 when he went to Afghanistan to Camp Bastion. You know, Helmand Province. He was 18, dealing on uh, on MERT, which is um, part of the medical ev evac. He was dealing with fucking wounded soldiers, dead soldiers, dead locals. That affects your mind, you know. Of course it does, especially at that age. What sort of 18-year-old wants to see that, you know? It takes a special type of person, and the man is still serving now. Absolute legend. Takes a special, special type of person to put his own life at risk so that others don't have to. You know, there's not many people you'd see down the street that you'd go and speak to and go, would you put your life on the line for me? And they'd go, don't even know you, mate. You know, but when you put that uniform on, you go sign up the rifle from the armory. That's something, <coughs> that is something, you know, you're going out there to make a difference. And you leave, you leave, you leave it all behind for whatever reason. There's a lot of people who can't take it, they can't um, deal with the stresses, they can't deal with this or they could have similar reasons to myself where it's family first. And then you go and do a job and you're like, Oh, 
these guys don't, just don't even know. They're not even trying. They're at work and they're just lazy. Oh, it's annoying. You know, just recently we had a, a bloke that attempted to join and he was the biggest bullshitter I've ever heard. Claimed that he was part of two power and hadn't even done P Company. Claiming that he had wings but didn't do P Company or do a jumps course. Didn't know his service number. You know what I mean? That stuff is ingrained in you, your service number. The date you joined up. It's mad. He was mad. You know what I mean? But, yeah, looking in the shed now, I have to think of a name for it. I might call it Mudguards. But in the shed, you know, just picking up the old dog tags. I've got a scrapbook of memories that... Um, the missus sent out to me while I was in Bastion, you know. I've got my two chocolate medals, you know, the ISAF medals, the ones you can't fucking put on your uniform. But, you know, with everything comes something that I never thought I'd ever have. And that was uh, the problems that I have mentally. And... Sometimes it affects you really badly. You know, I've mentioned it before. You're sat in a van and you're, you're upset and you don't know why. You feel like you're drowning. You can't get out. And all this is all a combination of different stresses that you've had in your life. And this can be for anybody. It's not just service personnel that suffer from it. It's not just... Um, PTSD itself, it's depression, anxiety, all those sorts of things. They really get you down, really get you down. Mine stem from, you know, leaving my daughter when she was a baby, a toddler, and I come back and she didn't even recognise me, you know. And the symptoms that were, that were starting to form, I noticed them, um, it was probably... Not at the start when I left. It was more during the my first job, going into my second job as I left. I seemed to accumulate enough jobs where I'm not settling and I'm sort of just fucking moving on too quickly without taking that condor moment and settling into a job, which I have done now. But it started off, and I know a lot of people go, Tomo, mate, you're always angry. You've got the shortest temper in the world, which is true. But it was, I was snapping at every little thing, whether it was Jess. And like, bearing in mind at this sort of time, Jess would have been about three, coming up four, where she's just playing, you know, and she makes a mess. And it's like, I'm shouting at her, I'm snapping. It's like, why are you snapping at her? She's just playing. What are you doing? And then... I'll be snapping at the at the missus. Be doing being being a fucking idiot, you know, not concentrating on on the important things in life. And then just recently it was I'm in my, in my new job and I'm like, mate, you're a security guard now. Instead of thinking, right, here's the opportunities you've got to progress, you could uh, you know, go on this course, you can do this course, you can progress up the ladder. In my head, um, I'm thinking, hey, you're a security guard. You walk around a building. Do you know what you used to do? Yeah, you used to put on your uniform and you'd go out and make sure there was no IEDs, there's no rocket attacks on the camp. Um, when I was a signaller, you're helping... Um, get the nine liners in, they're getting the medivacs ready, you're getting air support ready, you're helping with the contacts, you're doing this and that and this and that. And now, mate, you're just walking around. And fuck me, it gets you down. It gets you down to the point where you start doubting yourself. And that's where it comes to my, my sort of next point. And it's mind control. And I heard it on, a, on another podcast, Mind Control. And I can guarantee 
The first thing you think about when you think mind control is controlling someone else's mind. You know, I'm going to look into their mind and I'm going to make them do this. I'm going to hypnotise them. I'm going to Darren Brown them. It's not the case. Mind control. Control your own mind. Control your own destiny. Yeah? And I believe that I'm, with this podcast, with everything, I'm becoming more of a, more of a thinker. I'm thinking, what can I do to help change myself? You know, I've gone and got myself some CBD oil from um, CBD UK. And I'm going to try all that out. I've heard nothing but good things. Excuse me. Um, and I'm trying to take ownership of my own mind. Because at some point, I'll be in that place where I, where I think, you are a disgrace, you're weak, you're pathetic. And nobody likes you. Why would anyone like you? You know? You left your regiment. And nobody in the regiment liked you. That's the thoughts in your head. People taking the piss out of you. Because of this, this and this. But it's not the case. You surround yourself with the people. Who you want to be around. Yeah. So I've got some very close friends of mine. And we're in a WhatsApp group, what have you. We give banter back and forth. And I know a lot of them are struggling with, with um, dark thoughts and they don't know how to articulate it. I was one for it, you know. I'm not the best speaker when it comes to it. I stutter a lot, I sort of mumble. But I'm getting better. And I'm taking ownership of my own mind and I'm trying to not rebuild it but nurture it into the fact that I don't have to worry that if I'm in a dark place, you know, own that shit. You're in a dark place. Own it. Own it. You stand up and go, yeah, I'm depressed. You stand up, you speak to someone, you go, listen, I am having a shit day. Pardon me. I'm having a terrible day. I feel low, I feel crap. And then you think, Tomo, why the, why are you thinking like that? Take ownership of it. Say to yourself, mate, I'm not having this. I'm the master of my own fate here. Yeah, I'm feeling a bit down, a bit low. Tough. It's time for me to get out of it and push myself to the point where it's time for me to be positive. You think, in one hand, you are a worthless piece of shit. That's what, those are the type of thoughts that come into my head. And then you gotta go, are you though? Look what you've achieved. Yeah? Look what you've achieved. You've done things that not many people have done. You've gone to active war zones. You've raised two beautiful daughters. You got married. You've got your own house. Mate. You're not as stupid as you think you are. You're not as pathetic as you think you are. You're actually a switched on lad. And then you, you think a bit deeper and a bit deeper and you're... You take that breath in and you're like, yeah. I've got friends around me that are giving me positive feedback on everything I'm doing. Yeah? And then, you, then the smile comes out. You've got people that care about you, that think about you all the time, that love you. You know, your kids come home and they want to see you. You know, even when you're shouting at them you're telling them off like this morning my two daughters were they were pains in the ass yeah they were fighting bickering arguing they're seven and five but you would think they were 17 and 15 the way they're fighting and then in the same breath you've got the youngest who acts like a 
baby for no reason, stamping her feet, throwing paddies, and you're getting so frustrated. You're angry. And you're like, will you two just shut up? And you're snapping. Of course you are. Every parent will snap at that. You're like, Jesus Christ, get on with each other. And then you drive them to school. And they say, sorry, Dad. And then you have a cuddle, you have a kiss, send them off to school. And I can guarantee they'll come home tonight and there'll be bundles of energy. You know, you've just... <laughs> in their eyes, they're the worst humans in the world because you've had to tell them off. But they'll come home and they'll still give you that hug. You know, that hug, that kiss that makes you... So warm and fuzzy. There's no, no feeling like it when your kids want to spend time with you, you know. No feeling like it. And you take those positive thoughts and you use them. Do you know what I mean? You don't just go... Nah. Daddy, can we go to the park? Nah, I'm not really feeling it. You might not be feeling it, but just think on the positive. In your head, you're down and out, you're down, you're low. Oh, I can't do anything right, I can't do this right. You've got that self-loathing feeling, the drowning feeling. And then your daughter's little head pops in. Daddy, can we go to the park? In your head, you're probably going to think, I'd rather do anything else than be surrounded by a bunch of screaming kids at a park. But think how that's going to make her feel if you do take her to the park. How happy she's going to be. And her happiness coincide with your, with your feelings. I'm telling you now, it'll make you feel so much better. Those of you who've got kids. If you haven't got kids, don't just go to the park. That's, you'll get arrested for that shit. And uh, this sort of um, floats into my next point. Be physical. Now, I used to be a very physical person. Just recently, I've sort of slacked off a little bit. A bit lazy. But you've got to be physical. Because I'm telling you now, when you go to the gym, you go for a run, you go on a bike ride, you go for just a walk, take the dog for a walk for all I care. You know, just being physical, moving your body, will make you feel better. It will make you feel like you can do more. Yeah? But then you set yourself little goals. You know, again, this coincides. The physicalness will coincide perfectly with the mind control. I don't really want to go to the gym. And you think, if I go to the gym, I'm going to feel better. How many times do you get up and go, fuck, I can't be bothered? But then you go and do it, and the sense of self-accomplishment and the sense of achievement will then drive you forward, and you're like, yes! I'm going to go again tomorrow. You know, I've had it at times where I've been to the gym in the morning, I'll go and do some boxing. In the morning, I'll hit the bag, I'll do a little boxing circuit, and then I'll get home. Say this is a Monday, for example. The girls are at school. Misses at work. So I've done my morning session. I'll get home. I'll have something to eat. I'm feeling really good about myself. And then I think, do you know what? I'm going to do one in the afternoon before I do the school pickup. And you go and do another one. You go and do fucking 15 minutes of cardio. Followed by deadlifts. You know, some thrusters something like that and then you're like wow but you're thinking jesus i'm fucking sore but sometimes you've got to break your body down to mend your mind yeah sort of a, a little motto that i live by you know you've got to destroy your body to fix your mind and having something to focus on will help heal the broken parts of your mind, you know. I'm not saying I'll ever be perfectly fixed, and I'm not saying that you will ever be perfectly fixed, 
But there are things out there that are going to help you. And inch by inch, day by day, you're going to feel that a little bit better. You know, some days you'll look outside and it's grey and bleak and you're thinking, it's going to be a shit day. And then you get a little glimmer of sunshine that comes through and you're like, how much better does that make you feel? You know? Moving your body, keeping your mind active will help you get through dark, dark times. And trust me, I've been there. I know the feelings. And still to this day, I get into points where I'm like, I'm really down. And you don't want to do it. And then this is a big, big thing. And I heard it on a, on a podcast. Jocko Willink. Jocko Podcast. Now, check it out. Because he, this man, if you're not motiva- motivated, motivated by this man, you're not going to be motivated by anybody. Jocko Willink, a former US Navy SEAL. And he has a little mantra motto, whatever you want to call it, of discipline equals freedom. And fuck me, is he correct? You know, you stay disciplined. And again, this goes all the way back to military life, you know. You stay disciplined, you'll get things done. Yeah? Disciplined in the morning to get up. Get up early. Discipline in your workouts. There's no, uh, I can't do anymore. Fuck it. Time for a shower. No, no, no. You finish that set. You stay disciplined and you get it done. And it goes with everything. Everything. I, I want to give up smoking. Hey. Give up. Give up smoking. Just give it up. It's all in your mind. Having that discipline to do something, you will do it. If you're not disciplined and you're, for example, will take smoking. I haven't smoked, so I don't, I don't have the, uh, you know, the cravings for it. I'm not addicted to it. I don't have that addiction. Addiction, man. Um, but take one step at a time, yeah? Or you just give up. You want to have that cigarette? Hey, how about you go and do 15 burpees? And then you'll get in your head, every time I want a cigarette, I'm going to do 15 burpees. Not only are you going to get really good at burpees, but after a while, you won't be having those cravings to go and do it. It's those little things. Stay disciplined. Go to the gym when you say you're going to the gym. Go on your run when you say you're going on your run. You know? Those are the type of things that are going to get you through the day. And those are the type of things that are going to help fix the problems that you have within your mind. Don't just be a blob and say, oh, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done. I can't do it. I'm a disgrace. Own your problems in your mind. Yeah, this is the one big lesson that I'm going to give to you guys. Own the problems that are in your mind. Accept them. Talk about them. And I've said before, I'm a huge bottler of emotions. Like I said in the previous two podcasts. I will take all your problems, put them on my shoulders. Let you air to me. I ain't going to tell you shit about my day or how I'm feeling. But now I am. And my God, even everybody has told me, Jesus, you're a bit more upbeat now. You seem really happy today. Us, because I am. Because these dark thoughts, these feelings of drowning, and the other way I describe it, if those of you have seen Harry Potter, the dementia, dementors, 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 
they come after you and they suck the soul out of you. And that's what they're doing, they're sucking your soul. But if you go, hey, it might be broken, but this is mine. Get off. And then you go and see someone, you go and see your pal at the pub and you go, hey, I've had a real shit day, fancy a beer? You go for your beer, you have your chat. It doesn't have to be solely about uh, depression. It doesn't have to be solely about how you're feeling. Just going out and telling some stories. Tell some stories. You know, you might have some of the worst days of your life. But really, in your, in your head, they're the worst days of your life. But really, talk about them. And how it's helped mould you as a person. You know? Having dark thoughts is not a bad thing. It's how you deal with them during those dark times. Speak with your buddies. I love meeting up with the lads that I used to serve with and just, they're not so much war stories, but they're like moments that you remember. And in your head, you remember them and you're like, oh yeah. And then you start getting these smiles back on your face. It could be anything. It could be any story. It could be the time that I was, this is, a, this is a quite a fun story, my, my old man loves this story. We were doing um, vehicle checks and vehicle checkpoints in Kandahar. And we'd been um, briefed to watch out for uh, basically a moped-born IED or IEDs. So you, in your head you're like, shit, if a fucking moped comes down here, I'm gonna have to stop that and search it. And that could be, that could be it. That could be it. Now this day, this day is brilliant. So we've set up the, uh, the VCP and uh, we see this guy, he's zooming along on his little moped. So we step forward. hand goes up stop stop this guy ain't listening stop still not listening two hands up stop nothing you talk to your top cover you talk to the driver you talk to everybody You're like this guy ain't stopping so i draw my pistol and i'm pointing at him stop hand hand up again stop this guy ain't this guy ain't listening and he ain't stopping for shit. You know what I'm saying? And now in my head, I'm like, shit, what the fuck am I going to do here? What the fuck am I going to do here? He ain't stopping. What's the next part of the escalation drill? I cock my pistol so it's ready. It's ready now, isn't it? Stop. This guy ain't stopping. He's still coming and then it's boom. Bullet flies out into captured ground. Top cover noticed. He then pops a flare. Someone shouts out, who's popping off the 9mm? Trace around. Yeah. Okay, mate. Next thing we know, we look over. I'm sort of walking down this guy. The next one's either going in the engine block or it's going in the, uh, the driver of the uh, moped. And his arms are flailing. The guy looks like... Uh, one of the characters from Team America. His arms are flaying. Fucking hell. So we're coming up. And then he stops. But he doesn't stop normally. No, 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 no. He's not using his brakes like a regular human. No, because they don't work. Of course they don't. Of course his brakes don't work. He's stopping with his feet like he's Fred fucking Finstone. Sliding in. And he's calling up. And he's laughing at me. He's laughing at me. I'm still pointing my pistol at him. And motherfucker is laughing at me. I got the lads in the back, they're laughing, they're like, oh, Tomo thinks he's fucking Rambo. Mate, my bum was going 5p, 50p. I thought this guy was an IED coming towards me. It wasn't going to stop. 
Oh, but it's those sort of stories that get you through the day. And telling them and retelling them and telling everybody about them. My, yeah, like I said, my old man loves that story. He loves it. He's like, how did you tell that story about how you almost killed that 90-year-old Afghan? <laughs> he wasn't 90. He just looked it. Oh, but yeah, I'll tell you what. Having this platform and having people give me the feedback that I'm getting, I've reached out to... Uh, a couple of companies um, hopefully they get back to me so that they can then spread my message my podcast spoken to one of the lads that was a uh, former serviceman I don't think he's actually replied to me yet the jack bastard uh, John Reeves also known as Keith Reeves owner of um, CQP um, clothing line he also does some really good workouts as well check it out uh, and also the The cannabis hemp oil, which is really good. CBD, CBD oil. Uh, they're checking out the podcast as well, so they so they told me. So hopefully, who knows, I might even get a sponsor. How about that? That'd be madness. Sponsor me to talk crap for half an hour a week. Oh, but this has been... Having the feedback from everybody that's listened to it has been, you know amazing and it actually gives me a bit of focus in life you know like I said about the mind control the physical control of your body keeping yourself active keeping yourself um, you know mentally in control of, of of everything has been brilliant because it's given me you know I can now listen to podcasts Joe Rogan Jocko Willink you know Andy Stumpf, those sort of podcasts, and I, I take it all in. I'm like, how can I put that into my podcast? What can I do to get people to want to listen to me? And how can I get it out there? You know. So those of you that, that are listening, please share it because it's not just it's not just a military podcast. It's not just a PTSD podcast. A lot of it will be based around that because of my experiences and how I'm dealing with it. But having it sharing out there, you know, I'd love to have someone who who else is uh, suffering actually come in, whether it's a Skype call, a phone call, whatever kind of call, but actually come in to speak to me and how they're feeling. And I can then get some questions out there. We can have a good rapport back and forth. You know, whether it's the lads that I, I've served with you know, the lads that I play football with, uh, anyone, if you guys want to fucking have a discussion with me, have a chat, you know, I'll make some notes, which I have done, hey, hey. episode three, welcome to the shed, uh, got some notes on the board for me to, so basically, like my brother told me, make it structured, don't just go full Alex Jones and go nuts, because that's not what we want. No, definitely not. But my word. It might sound weird to most people. So what do you do? Well, what I do is I sit in a shed and I talk to myself for 20 to 40 minutes. That's fucking insane. Who sits there and talks to themselves? Me, apparently. In my head, though, I'm not. I'm talking to you lot. Um... But, yeah, but, you know, everybody else that does a podcast has like a, um, has somebody to chat with or they have um, a producer that they're there. So they're not just talking to themselves. Chris D'Elia does a podcast, inverted commas, on his own, but he's not. He's got One of Fire 1 and One of Fire 2, who are basically the producers of the, the, the show. So he's basically talking to them, really. Joe Rogan has loads of guests. He always has a guest. He also has young Jamie, his, his producer. Fire and the Kid have Brennan Sharp and Brian Callan, plus the producers and the uh, apprentice or whatever the person is. Jocko Willink has Echo Charles with him. You know, I think Andy Stump's the only one that does it on his own, but every even then he has um, guests in. So, in short, I'm fucking on my own here. 
but I'm talking to myself, but I'm talking to you. And But this is helping so much. I feel so much more relief. I feel better in myself. And I believe now that I've got this platform, I can now watch things that are happening at home and I can relay them out. There's things on the telly that I can take and bring into the show. You know, there's, there's some brilliant stuff out there that I want to now, I can now take notes. Oh, I'll talk about that on Monday. I'll talk about that on Thursday. Whenever I do the podcast, it's most likely going to be a Monday. But today I felt inspired. I sort of, it's not fully done, the shed, but you know, it's it's my own little space now. This is my space. So where, where where's Tomo? Where's Daddy? Is it? He's in the shed. He's talking to himself again. And you know, I used to think I was mad because I used to talk to myself anyway. But now I've got a reason to, and it's to get my thoughts and feelings onto a platform that helps, and having it out there with other people. Hopefully it helps them. It's definitely helping me. So please, please give me feedback on it. Um, please share the shit out of it. I don't care if it goes on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Um, if you're putting it on Google or whatever, I'm going to really try and put it onto iTunes. I saw a link on how to do it. So hopefully I can get it onto iTunes as well. That is the ultimate goal is to get it onto iTunes so people can uh, listen to it. Not just on Podbean. But this has been a, a really good episode, I feel. I feel like I've aired a lot. I feel like I've spoke a lot about important issues, uh, important feelings and important everything. Uh, you know, I've got my man shed. I've got my, my military memorabilia up. I've got... A space where I can just open up and talk and hopefully I can get people in to talk to me I hope that I can uh, um, you know continue to be inspired all the time and I hope that you guys listening to this are inspired to talk about your thoughts and feelings I hope that you're wanting to listen to it not just because you're my pal, not just because of you know me, not just because of that, but because I send a message out that it's okay to have PTSD, depression, to be a former serviceman that struggles. But also, hopefully, it's something that you can listen to and enjoy, not just because it's me, and hopefully not just because you listen to 10 minutes and go, oh, there you go, I told you I'd listen to it. Hopefully, you're listening to it you're inspired by it and it helps you through um, your times and hopefully we can talk about anything upcoming coming up you know you got a decent fight on the weekend with uh, Earl Spence Jr versus Mickey Garcia that is going to be a barn burner I'm telling you now I think it's on ITV4 maybe I don't think it's on pay-per-view so get watching on that um I'm going to go with uh, Mikey Garcia. I think his fundamentals are going to be uh, too good for him. Um, also, coming up, obviously, you've got the football on the weekend. We're not going to discuss what happened on Sunday between United and Arsenal because my brother's an Arsenal fan, and I'm sure he'd give me enough shit about that. Well, let's face it. United are going to do... We're going to lose at some point, weren't they? Um, but... I think United played really well in that game. I think their keeper was superb. I think it was a soft penalty. I think that player needs to take a look at himself. Um, and I don't really know what De Gea was doing with that goal. But, you know, you're supposed to be a world-class keeper. You should be saving them. Definitely. As it, as it comes for the Champions League, you know, four, four British teams, four English teams into the next round. Who would have thought it? You know, I wrote um, Liverpool off. I thought Liverpool weren't gonna weren't gonna beat Bayern, but smashing them three one, fucking well played. We're not gonna hear the end of that um, with the Scousers out there. You know, United through, and what a game that was. You know, 
United didn't exactly play the best football against uh, Paris Saint-Germain, but my word, they did what they needed to do. You know, um, Spurs beating Dortmund, amazing, and then City, Jesus Christ, 7-0. Fuck, that's all I need to say about that. Hopefully Arsenal and Chelsea do uh, do wonders in the um, Europa League as well, because how good would it be if a, an English team wins the Champions League and the Europa League? But yeah, that's all up and coming, isn't it? So hopefully um, the football does us good this weekend. Again, Mickey Garcia versus Errol Spence. Enjoy that fight. And uh, Darren Till versus Jorge Masvidal in the uh, UFC at the O2. I'm telling you now, that's going to be a fucking barnstormer. Darren Till is an absolute, to quote his fucking nickname, an absolute gorilla. And I think he's going to smash him to pieces. Home, home, homegrown lad, so let's get that done. Um, so yeah, so the next um, podcast will probably be Monday. And I'll be covering a lot of the uh, sporting events. And again, we'll be discussing a bit of PTSD and all that sort of stuff how we're feeling um again there might be some military stories in but again it's not going to be solely on that as i keep saying but this podcast has been directly involved with military and ptsd because of how i felt when i was doing me uh doing me um my shed i'll also keep you in um keep you informed on how size doing with his boxing um, I took him on the mitts and my God, he is getting better and better each week. Hopefully he's taken on board some of the tips and that that I've been giving him. And hopefully, I'm definitely going to get him on the podcast before we, um, is either before, we'll probably do one before and after his fight and we'll let you know how he gets on. But the man is uh, becoming a, a little boxer himself. I say little boxer, the man's like six foot four, which is brilliant to do the old uh, uh, mitts with. But yeah, it's been a fucking brilliant podcast. I've loved every second of this one. Talking loads. I feel happy. I feel great. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy it as much as I did. But as we say in the RF Regiment, per joy, yeah? Through adversity. Keep safe, stay classy, and I'll speak to you guys soon. Charlie Charlie 1, this is Granite 0. Out.